Hi, Dr. Carlson. The situation that comes up quite often is I tell my kids to do something and they respond, yes, mom, but then there's no action that follows those words. So I repeat it again and this time remind them of the consequence and they say, yes, mom, but there's still no action. So after going around in circles like this a few times, I end up getting frustrated and start yelling. Then they respond. Why do they wait for it to get to that point? What can I do to change this? My name is Cindy. Thank you. That's a simple answer. Thank you for one that we can handle here. As we talk about raising our kids without having to raise our voice, I'll tell you what it is in just a moment, Cindy. But uh, if you have a comment on this today, maybe you want to tell us a story about how you've been intentional parenting. Love to hear it on our storyline, 888 Dr. Randy here along with uh, Stephen Davis and the rest of our team. Thank you for making time out of your day to be a part of the show today. Here's the answer to your uh, question. There's no follow through. I mean, why should they worry about you saying there's a consequence? In fact, they stand back and wait for mom's voice to keep going up. And when they do, they see your face getting red and your eyes getting big. And it, uh, it's kind of a power trip for those kids. Here's the key. You say it once, make sure they understood what you said, what's expected, say it lovingly. And uh, if it's a five minute or 10 minute, whatever, you know, whatever is reasonable for you. And if they don't follow through, there should be a consequence. And it's not that they're grounded for life, but it could be a consequence that they lose their their game or they lose their phone or they uh, are going to have a timeout or whatever it is that's reasonable that ties to the lack of obedience and then follow through and do it intentionally. You're teaching your kids about the power not only of obedience, but of responsibility. And so that'll make a difference in your life for sure. I believe it. All right. And this is true not only in parenting, but it's also true in all of our relationships. Come on in talking about how to raise your kids without raising your voice right here at Intentional Living. I am a screamer. I have to admit nothing that I'm proud of. What is it? They don't respond to me until I start screaming. If I'm running late and he throws a fit or he doesn't want to get dressed, I find myself getting frustrated with him very easily. I need to really do something because I feel really bad when I yell at him. On and off, my husband and I, were good some days and some days we fail and we start screaming again. Like if we're in public, I won't yell at the children. Um, I kind of just save it and let it just keep building up. And then once we get in the car, once we get home, I just start yelling and... By that point, you know, they don't even know what they did wrong. Yeah, boy. Those are just honest parents. Hey, listen, you're not alone, so I don't want to send you on a guilt trip here today uh, at Intentional Living. That's not the goal. The goal is to say, hey, we can stop this. We can we can be more effective. We can accomplish what God's given us to do as a parent without having to raise our voice all the time. And uh, we're going to give you some thoughts on that. In fact, uh, for those who would like to have some tips, if you'd like a list of some one things, we call them the intentionals a list of the top 10 for encouraging your children. Uh, We have it available at our website. When you go to theintentionallife.com, click on the broadcast highlights and the top 10 list uh, from me to you on encouraging your children, practical things you can do uh, to be a non-screamer. Okay? Let's go to uh, Stephanie's on the line in Michigan today. Hi, Stephanie. Hello. Hi there. Appreciate your call. How are you today? I'm doing good. Says here you grew up with a screamer, huh? I grew up with a screamer. Yeah. How did one of how'd my best friends you? did as well? <laughs> how did that affect you? Well, like you said, you just kind of tuned it out, and then when things got really bad, you knew you had to listen. Um, 
as I became a young mother, I had a friend who taught me. Um, she had a conversation with her dad one day, whom she worked with on a daily basis and still does. And she said to her dad one day, as he yelled and he yelled some more, she said, I'm not deaf, I'm mm. ignorant. Mm. And wow. he kind of looked at her and he was like, oh, you know, like he'd never really thought about it before. They worked on a farm and, you know, he figured the louder he yelled, <laughs> the more she'd listen. Um, and so after having that conversation with her, I really had to think about what I was doing with my children, three very young girls. And my husband and I had a talk about it because I was telling him about it and he laughed and he's like, yes, they are yellers. And we started redirecting when we're angry to asking questions to the girls. Why isn't this working? What, what is the problem? Why are you upset? Or the simple question, can you hear my voice? Mm. That's a good and question. then they have to respond. I mean, when it's one-on-one, sometimes you have to bend down or, you know, get at, at their eye level and just say, can you hear my voice? Did you hear what I said? Why mm-hmm. aren't you doing what I asked? And the answers vary, obviously, between, you know, what their emotions are, what they were doing, even when they're fighting, you know, you say, why are we fighting? The reason and, that, and the reason that's effective, Stephanie, is because you're focusing on the problem, you're focusing on the issue, you're giving the child an opportunity to respond, to participate in a discussion. You're still in charge, you're still the parent, there's still going to be some consequence if they don't follow through. And I, I think what happens with us is when we yell, Stephanie, is when we don't know what else to do, it's the default, like on your computer. Absolutely. It's the default <laughs> we fall back on because we don't have any other plan that seems better at the moment. Now, Right, and if mom's losing her mind, they're going to listen at that point. <laughs> absolutely, but instead of turning to a default of yelling, you've turned to a strategy of we're going to ask questions, we're going to get down on their level. We're going to ask. That's a great question. Can you hear my voice? Because <laughs> that's really well, that's really respectful. For my, young, for my youngest children, that has been the most effective, and for my oldest daughter, it has been. You know, why isn't this working? You know, that's because she's. I mean, obviously, she's hearing my voice. She's tuning me out. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know. Very effective. Yeah. Good. I appreciate your call. Thank you, Stephanie. All right. Appreciate it, and congratulations on uh, being an intentional parent today, certainly. She's found one thing that works for her. I'll tell you, don't you want to be communicated with? Don't you want to be talked with respectfully? Why is it we feel that, even unconsciously, that we can be disrespectful in terms of our communication with our children when we would never use that same tone of voice or communicate that way to someone else's child or to someone in our family or certainly to a friend, I should say, uh, but it's easy for our kids. Hey, listen, parents, we know it happens. It happens all the time. Giving you strategies today that can work. We got 10 for you online. You can check out at theintentionallife.com. Hi, Dr. Randy. I have found that the way to handle not yelling is to have a plan of how you're going to react when things don't go your way or when your children don't respond in the way that you want them to. Have a plan, be proactive. And what I found myself doing is saying, okay, if my son does this, this is how I'm going to react. And if my son does that, then great. This is what my plan was. And I'm ready to respond in the right way. Again, have a plan of how you're going to react when your son or your daughter doesn't react the way you want them to. Practice it out. Kind of role play with your spouse. And then this way, you won't yell. You'll be ready and you're going to react in a godly way. Excellent. Boy, we got... We got we got the smartest listeners on the planet. 
I, I believe that. I believe it. And uh, they listen to intentional living. Because you want your life to matter and you want to be intentional. You know, there's, a, um, there's another verse by Solomon where he reminds us that a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. In other words, the right word at the right time to the right child in the right way is a beautiful thing. You know, it may not be the child responds the way you would like, may not be a beautiful response, but I'll tell you what, you've done something that's a beautiful thing as a parent. And uh, then learning to follow through. See, children don't ultimately respect the words if there's no backup behind them in terms of logical or natural consequences that are appropriate for their age. Okay, Verna's on the line today. Verna, welcome to Intentional Living Center. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate your call. Go right ahead. What's your comment? I wanted to make a comment. My mother's mother died when she was nine years old, Hmm. and then her father remarried, and Graham was four foot 11 (laughs) and, you know, with like a 19-inch waist and just a a wonderful lady. But one day, my mom said she was so mad, she slammed the screen door, and Graham stood at the doorway and said her full name, first, middle, and last, Come back and close that door correctly. That door did nothing to you. And my mom said she never forgot that. Interesting. Was your mom, did did your mom ever, was she a yeller at all? A few times. And it was very scary when she was. Because because it wasn't a a daily activity. It was something like, mom's really gone crazy. She's really upset. Right. And it was not always me that was upsetting her. Hmm. But one of the things I've tried to do is acknowledge the feelings, because feelings are never wrong. They're simply feelings. But how we, you know, whether they're, whether we act on them appropriately or inappropriately is what I tried to, to work with my son. Mm. It didn't always work, but I tried. That's good. Now, are your children, uh, are they raised now? I have one son who's unfortunately right now estranged from me. Mm. So I'm praying. That's painful too, isn't it? That's painful. Well, we'll be joining you in that prayer, uh, Verna, that um, there can be some reconciliation in that relationship yes. for you, okay? Thank you. All right. Thank you for your call. Bless you. I love listening. Bye-bye. Glad you called. Raising your kids without raising your voice, it's possible. It uh, may be difficult, and it may not be consistent. It's something we have to learn. We learn to become yellers. It's a learned response. And uh, we have to unlearn it by learning some new behaviors. And you're hearing some today. Having a plan of action in advance, that's one thing you can do. I love what our first caller mentioned. If, if you feel like you need to yell to get their attention, just ask them the question, can you hear my voice? I love that. That's beautiful. Can you hear my voice? We're bringing it right back to the issue, which is can you hear me? Can you hear me now? And then getting down on their level being very clear about what you're concerned about, and then following through as an intentional parent. What would you add to that list? 888-888-1717. One thing that we are doing intentionally with our kids is making sure that we apologize to them when we need to. When we are wrong with discipline or make mistakes, we let them know that we are sorry. I am reading through the Bible out loud to my kids. I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, and we're reading through the Chronological Bible this year, and we're right on track. They're having fun with it. We're all learning a lot. 
As I was heading for my part-time job after the day of homeschooling and taking care of my kids, I told my husband I hadn't accomplished anything, and then it came to my mind that I had, that I had taken care of my kids and educated them and loved them. That's right, man. That's right. You got an amen for me, because if you've been busy taking care of your kids, you think, I didn't get anything done. Hey, you got it done. That's it. That's a priority. I believe me, you'll look back later and say, that was the priority. Appreciate those stories. The, the whole program is worth just hearing these stories that you guys share. When you call our storyline and you say, hey, here's how I'm being intentional. Here's what God's teaching me. We'd love to share these on the air. Just uh, call us at 888 do you ever get angry at your children and then feel guilty? <laughs> the hands are going up, I'm sure, because that's a universal problem in parenting. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with some encouragement with this Intentional Living Minute. Scripture says in Ephesians 4.26, it's okay to be angry, but do not sin. And I teach that anger is a vital sign. It's like your temperature or your blood pressure or heart rate. It tells you what's going on. And so if you're feeling angry, maybe it's time to stop and see the source of the anger. And is it a healthy kind of anger? Is it moving you toward the right kind of goals? Because if you struggle with anger, doing more of the same is only going to get you sicker. You want to get healthier, you've got to choose to do something different. So turn your anger into positive action, loving action. And when you do that, that's intentional living. Go to theintentionallife.com slash minute to get the Intentional Living Minute in your email every day. I think successful people, they're intentional and successful because of the next thing they choose to eat, the next book they choose to read, the next entertainment they choose to consume, the next problem they choose to solve the next attitude that they display in a relationship, the next friendship they cultivate, the next place that they visit. That's some of the things that uh, successful people do, the next thing, the small things, and the impact it makes in their life and in their future and their success, frankly. We're talking uh, this month uh, in the masterclass on this topic of when little things become big in our life, they're not so small. And I give you some really powerful stories and some specific things we can do to manage the little things in our life. You know, we're talking about kids today on today's show. And, you know, sometimes it's the little things in parenting that make a difference. Like uh, we started the show and Cindy was mentioning about she ends up yelling. And why aren't my kids doing well? The little thing is she's not following through. She makes a, an expectation and she says, well, this is what the consequence is going to be. And then she doesn't follow through. Kids are not stupid. They, they pick up on it. They understand that even that little thing, if you change that one thing in parenting, can make a big difference. And so that's why we do what we do with intentional living, helping us sometimes just to make the little changes, the little things that can make a big difference. It's, it's true in our marriage and our finances. Think about the little thing you could do in your finances, maybe just not using a credit card for the next year. See what happens. If that's an issue you face, maybe it's in your marriage. I'm not going to criticize for the next 30 days. I'm just going to bite my tongue. You see the difference that makes. Or every day I'm going to, little thing of speaking a word of encouragement to the life of my son or daughter and the difference it'll make. That's our master class. Members, watch for it. If you're not a member, come and be a part of this ministry. We want to walk with you and encourage you and be a part of your life. We'll get the master class video and audio to you every month, mid-month. Uh, And this month, for all new members, also a hand-picked book from my 
bookshelf by Max Lucado called Outlive Your Life, How to Live in Such a Way that You'll Be Remembered in a Way that is Very Positive. People looking back said, they made a difference in my life. You can join us. Go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com or call during West Coast business hours, 888-888-1717 and press number two. Thank you for your support. You're listening to Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio, but it is intended to help you live an intentional life in Jesus Christ. Randy? Thank you, Kurt, and welcome if you just joined us here at the Intentional Living Center. Intentional Living is uh, figuring out what pleases Christ in doing, and it's really purpose-driven. It's in terms of where, where you're headed. It's directional, making a decision then, and then living it out, knowing what you believe and then living it out, stretching toward a goal that's going to give your life more meaning and purpose and joy and contentment and peace. Listen, you can do it. It may start with just one thing. What's that one thing that would make a big difference? We're in one area today, not raising your voice with your kids, being an intentional parent. This one thing would be a very intentional thing to do. What's your take on it? How to raise your kids without raising your voice. My husband is military, so I have been a disciplinarian, mother and father for quite some time, and tensions get high, I yell. He's not gone as much anymore, but the yelling is still there. Well, I am a recovering screamer and yeller, and uh, the way I was yelling her about, you know, hurry, we're going to be late for school, or hurry, you need to get dressed, we need to get to church, you know, or whatever. And I saw where um, I was chipping away at her, and that if I didn't stop, she might not come to me. She might go to somebody else trust with her heart. Boy, that's, uh, you say it better than, better than I can. That's why we play all of your stories, because you guys say it so well. Sandra, welcome to the program today. Hi there. How are you today? Good. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for your call. No problem. And I was uh, never a yeller because I was never yelled at as a child. It is learned, so isn't it? I didn't also yell. But what I would do, if the kids were out of hand, I could not get their attention, I would talk normal. And then all of a sudden I would go, and very quietly I would say, I'm your mother, and this is the way it is. <laughs> and it got quiet, and the kids' eyes would get just huge. And they would tell their kids, because uh, they're all grown now, and they would say to my grandkids, if you go to Grandma's house, and she says, because you're doing something, she goes, I am your grandmother, and this is the way it is. Stop <laughs> right now. Whatever you're doing, sit still and listen to her, because you're in some serious trouble. <laughs> So they always knew if I got quiet, there was some serious trouble. I was at the end. When well, mom gets quiet, down. everybody has to has to stop because they're thinking something's up. Think about it. In ter- think about it in terms of your kids for a moment. Uh, when they were little, and you wanted them to come to you. Have you ever noticed? You say, "Come, come to mom." And if they're in one of those obstinate moods, have you ever noticed that if you approach them, they'll back off even more? Kind of like they play a game with you. And that's the way it is with yelling. The kids pretty well figure out mom doesn't really mean it until the vein in her neck starts to rise. You know, when it starts to rise or when the decibel units get up over 150 decibel units, 
uh, then mom's serious. Kids have this intuitive way of knowing when mom and dad really mean it. And so I think what Sandra just reminded us is lower your voice. Sometimes whisper. You ever notice kids pay attention when you whisper? You pay attention when there's a change and being quiet is a positive thing. No, no question about it. Good advice. Thank you, Sandra. Appreciate your call. Yeah, okay. We have a nice day. Thank you. We are. We are indeed. Doug in Iowa, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. It says your ex-wife was a yeller, huh? Well, she was, and it was not something that I had grown up with, so I wasn't really used to that. Yeah, so what did, what did you learn through all that? Well, I, I, once, I, I saw some conditions of the environment come back to me and play out a big part in how my children have grown up. And um, because I was always the quiet one, and my father was the kind of person who was very, very quiet. My mother was too, but my father was the guy who, whenever he talked, you always wanted to hear what he had to say because it was very important. Hmm. And so it was neat when I um, was married and my children were growing up, I was the quiet one. And I found that they were the one, they would come and sit on my lap just to talk quietly. Yeah. And I've found that now my grandchildren are doing the same thing. You know, there can be a room full of people and the grandchildren will come and sit on my lap or even other children because I think they appreciate that quiet sense of respect that you're giving everyone. And um, I have found that I'm in a current situation now where um, I'm in a business um, in a fairly recent job, and there's no respect, and there's lots of yelling and lots of curse words mm-hmm. and hurting curse words that fly. And if I feel like God has put me in this place with my quietness and open and tender heart to touch the people that need it in wow. my work environment, and I just feel like you condition yourself, and that's reflective of a lot of what people will see in you and they'll try to emulate and pull that into their life well what what the children need adults need as well that's quietness understanding sometimes even in the workplace there needs to be a consistency and follow-through certainly there needs to be a form of discipline or discipleship or training teaching uh, with adults and with children but yelling i don't know or it's ever been found to be effective it just simply isn't uh, but learning to be intentional is what we're talking about today. And some of the things that you've been you've been hearing, and others that are going to be shared as people share their stories with us on our on our storyline, um, and what what we have available on our website, remind us that um, the quiet words of the wise, as the scripture said, are more to be heeded than the shouts of a ruler of fools. And so, my encouragement to you today is your one thing, your one thing for the next thirty days. Maybe just starting today, take it one day at a time. One thing for today, I will not yell at my kids. I will listen. I will follow through. I will take what I've heard and apply it because that will make all the difference as a parent. It really will. Try it. One thing as a parent and let us know how how it goes for you. 
At the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night, you'll have a lot of fun. Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson. Have you ever noticed that it's sometimes very difficult to feel intimate and close to your spouse? I will teach you the power of one thing that will change your relationship for the rest of your lives. Join Dr. Randy for the Intentional Love Marriage Date Night to find out the secret to intentional love that will transform your marriage. Saturday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at New Beginnings Church in Albuquerque. Register at theintentionallife.com. Hey, listen, I hope you do that, and I know that uh, may be a drive or a flight even to get there. Or maybe you have some friends that live near Albuquerque that uh, would enjoy and benefit from an evening getting away uh, from the kids and just really focusing on the relationship. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. We're going to learn. But I'm, I'm going to share some really powerful, life-changing principles from intentional living. Here, I'm at a stage in life working with people in this culture today and what we're facing in this world, we've got to, we've got to face the fact that if we want to have a marriage that's going to last a lifetime, got to be intentional about it. Not perfect, but intentional. What does that mean? That means doing that next right one thing every day. What one thing can I do to build into my marriage? We're talking about the small things that can make a difference in your life. And we're going to give you a lot of one things, potentials that you can pick from at the conference and then encourage you to take one. I know you can't do them all, but what one thing could you do in the next 30 days that would make the single biggest difference in learning to agree, to resolve problems, to communicate better, uh, to change a habit in your life, to uh, develop a greater commitment level in your relationship or these important things that make a difference in a marriage. And so for those of us who are going to be there, hey, we'll miss you if you can't, but uh, consider it. Check it out. Just go to theintentionallife.com. That's theintentionallife.com. My one intentional thing is to listen to the heart of my children. I just realized the other day I had a conversation with my oldest child I had to just tell him goodbye and hang up on him and not listen to him. But what I wasn't doing is I wasn't listening to his heart. The other thing I want to do is start encouraging my children spiritually. And I do pray every day, every night, sometimes constantly. And I do ask God to show me how to do this and to teach me how to do this. I just... I'm growing so much. It hasn't always been easy, but it's definitely been more than worthwhile. Speaking to the heart of your child, really powerful. Thank you for sharing your story with us. You know, we, we have a, a, a comment line here, storyline, and it's a lifeline for us because we get a chance, uh, maybe when we're not here in the studio, to talk with you, to hear your stories as they come in. You call sometimes in the middle of the night, you call in the evening, call in the morning, you tell us what's going on, you share with us how you're being intentional, one thing that's making a difference in some area of your life. We love your stories because you encourage other people. So feel free, in fact, I encourage you to take the time uh, to share your stories with us uh, on our storyline. You can do it right now, for instance, at 888-888-1717. Or when you call that same number, if you press number two, it'll take you up to our staff upstairs during West Coast business hours, and they'll greet you and welcome you and be able to pray with you and encourage you as you support the ministry. If you'd like to join us in financial support to allow Intentional Living to continue, we'll make sure that uh, we get you on the list and start sending you our master class. And as I mentioned a little bit ago, I handpicked a book for the team to send to all new members this month from Max Lucado on how we can outlive our lives, which really means to look back at the end of our life and know that 
the impact we had in our family and other people. There's a sense of legacy in terms of people in the future generation being impacted, just like I was impacted by people who are now in heaven. And uh, I think that's how we want to live our lives, don't we? It's very powerful. All right. I hope you learned some things today. You know what? You can raise your kids, but you keep your voice down because your volume is not what uh, is ultimately going to determine successful parenting. Got to run. I'm Dr. Randy. I'll see you next time from Intentional Living.